Welcome to 5-Minute Finance, a podcast that explores topics that are impacting your money. Join us as we discuss what is moving the economy, markets, stocks, and personal finance. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Before acting on any financial advice, you should consult a financial professional who can review your specific financial situation. Any opinions expressed by the hosts or guests are their own and do not reflect the opinion of LVM Capital Management. Clients or employees of LVM Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in the podcast. Welcome to 5-Minute Finance. Tyler and Chuck here. We're going to talk about Secure 2.0, a new legislation passed by uh, Congress just uh, at the end of December here. So we're going to talk a little bit about the highlights today. We won't uh, go through all of the details, but trying to kind of hit some of the highlights. So started off, Chuck, what were some of the big changes that you thought were interesting in this new bill? Well, I think the thing that really motivated us to do this podcast on this topic is that the individuals that are turning or 72 this year are not going to have to make a required minimum distribution. Now that age is 73. So for anyone born in 1951, guess what? You got an extra year. You're not going to have to take a required minimum distribution. And uh, just again, for purposes of explaining that the federal government gave deferral for all the years that you had money in a retirement plan or IRA. You didn't have to take any money out earnings and interest grew, tax deferred in there. But the caveat is when you reached the retirement age, originally 70 and a half, they said, now there's a required minimum distribution. Uh, We oftentimes use the acronym RMD or MRD. So those are the things that have been moved around in the last couple of years. And now we're at 73. And note to self or to those listening here, when we get to 2030, that age is going to be age 75. <laughs> so that age continues to push back. That'll give uh, retirement savers more flexibility to do what they want to do with their money. And uh, that is the most significant thing that we can talk about in this bill. Tyler, what were any of the points that you thought? Yeah, in particular, as it relates to the required minimum distribution rules, I think the thing that that opens up potentially in particular, once we get to 75 being the retirement age, is finding more opportunities to do Roth conversions in those in those years from, let's say, you retire at 67 to 75. You have another eight years where you potentially you're not working. You have low income. You have the ability to do uh, more potentially more Roth com- conversions during those periods. You know, it's interesting on that point is during the Bob Keebler uh, seminar on this Secure 2.0 that we listened to yesterday, he makes the point that now that you can defer out further, potentially converting to Roth becomes less of an issue because you can continue to defer and defer and defer. And that was somewhat of a motivation. But you're right. This does, I do think, opens up that window And certainly for people that they know they can defer their Social Security out to age 70, uh, now knowing that they're not going to have to worry about taking any of these distributions, this may be creating an opportunity for them to get more and more. Now, again, oftentimes with Roth conversions, we should talk about the fact that, you know, future legislation could change. (laughs) So just because you pay tax on this and it's tax-free today doesn't mean Congress can't change the rules later on. Yeah, because originally when they were drafting this, the Roth conversions was potentially on the docket to to get nixed. So luckily they did not uh, cancel it this time. Uh, The other thing on the RMD, they are reducing the penalties 
if you don't take out what you're required to take out, it's currently 50%. That is lowered to, I think, 25%. Is that right, Chuck? Yeah, that's 25%. And it can even go down to 10% early withdrawal penalty if you do the corrective measure before the IRS sends you their lovely hate notice letting you know that you didn't take your required minimum distribution. So yeah, a lot of exceptions in here, particularly for things like domestic abuse issues, Disaster recovery has gotten a little easier. If the federal government declares it's disaster recovery, it's going to be automatic that you'll be able to take some amount of money out of the out of the IRA without having to worry about the 10% early withdrawal penalty. And while we're talking about that, I'd also add in here this this bill had uh, information on the 72T exception. That's the one we often call as the substantially equal payment method that allows you to take money out without that. 10% early withdrawal penalty, which impacts any retirees taking money before age 59 and a half. So I want to clarify that. But it basically gave more leeway to change or to move money out of those payment IRA accounts uh, as long as they adhered to the continued rule. So a little bit of flexibility there. But all in all, uh, I think the big picture on this was how do we make it easier for retirees to take early retirees, excuse me, to take money out of their plan without getting nixed with a 10% early withdrawal penalty on top of the income taxes they're going to have to pay. Right. Okay. So now outside of taking money out, what about putting money in? I thought this one was kind of interesting. You could have a Roth option for your employer contributions. Chuck, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of employers have a 401k Roth option and you can defer money into either the pre-tax portion of the retirement account or the post-tax, the Roth portion of the retirement account. And employers up to this point have only been able to do matches into the pre-tax portion. Going forward though, I think this begins in 2024. So I don't think it's a 2023 action. I think it's 23. Okay. Is that you can now match directly employers. Now they have to amend their plan, but they'll be able to match uh, directly into the Roth portion of the account, which is, which is good news. Again, you're still going to be taxed on after tax, but it does provide the ability to be taxed on it now, potentially at lower rates. You know, uh, in practice, if a client ha- is making, you know, two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year in their job, a lot of times the pre-tax benefits outweigh some of the after-tax benefits. But when you go into retirement, clearly you don't want all of your money in pre-tax if you can help it. You want some in the taxable portion, some in the tax-free, the Roth portion, and some in the pre-tax portion. Yep. And then the other one I thought was interesting on the same Roth path here is you can have tax and penalty-free rollovers from 529 plans to Roth IRAs. There are some caveats there, but this now allows those folks that potentially have been saving for you know over 15 years, the account has been over 15 years, but let's say you're saving money for your child's education and you save too much and now you have an extra $10,000, $20,000 in that account instead of taking that money out and getting penalized for that, they're going to allow you to roll that leftover balance up to, I think it's $35,000 into a Roth IRA. Yeah. Let me comment on that. So $35,000 lifetime, but you're limited to the Roth IRA 
annual limits of 6000 now indexed for inflation, by the way. Uh, so there's both an annual and a lifetime limit to be aware of when you're considering rolling. Now, you'd have to think to yourself, how many people started these 529 plans 15 years ago that were considering this option? I don't know. You'll have to look at that individually. But it certainly does increase the motivation for uh, maybe a grandparent that just had a child uh, a grandchild or a parent that just had a child and they're like, I don't know what's going to happen, but start the, start the account now just to get that clock working. A lot of times we talk about the five-year rule with Roth IRAs in the same way. Yeah. Just get the account going. Uh, just so that you have 15 years in note that you can't roll over any contributions you made to the 529 plan within the fat last five years. So there's going to be kind of some of those nuances. So when it all comes said and done, it's a nice added flexibility. I think there are a lot of hoops that you're going to have to make sure you adhere to so that you don't get nixed with the the income tax issues here. Yeah. I think that one's kind of interesting in particular for me because I'm putting funds into three different 529 accounts for my kids, but I don't know what, who knows what college looks like in, yeah. in 15 years now. So that kind of gives you the ability to feel a little bit better about saving in those accounts. And if let's say there's free college at that point, or you have excess savings in there, it allows you to skip that penalty for taking money out of the 529 accounts. That's not towards college education costs. Yeah. You know, you opened up this section by talking about contributing. I think it's really key for people to understand now that the catch-up contributions that have been held at $1,000 or you know, for retirement plans, even more than that annually, they're now indexed to inflation. And so we're going to start seeing these little bumps every year for the catch-up contributions that we haven't been seeing now going forward. So that'll allow people to put it a little bit more. And interestingly enough, at age 60, between age 60 and 63, I think it is, they're going to actually increase it even more. I think they went to $10,000 catch-ups. So if you're kind of late savers, um, you're getting a little bit more help relative to pushing up retirement contributions uh, you know, later in life. Yep. Okay. We'll probably wrap it up there. I think we're running on about 10 minutes here. So Thanks for listening today. We'll try to add some more of these things into our, our newsletters and other writings. So please uh, tune into those and feel free to reach out if you have any questions uh, related to this podcast at lvmcapital.com.